Hey, y'all, or shall I say, what is going on, world? This is Kevin out here with your Men in Music podcast. As you can tell by the introduction and by if you're watching this on YouTube, Merritt is nowhere to be found right now. He is currently watching cows and, you know, singing country roads at weddings. So today we have our NBA preview with my guys, Cyrus and Ronald. And this is Ronald's return, a long-awaited return back to the podcast after some time. Guys, what's up, y'all? Man, I ain't gonna lie to you, 2023 has been kicking my ass as a whole. <laughs> Barely holding up, but we good. If it tells you anything, like two weeks ago, I was without running water, I was without my car, and I was without internet for the week. So thankfully that was just a week, but good God. I think it's a good summarization of um, how the year's been going. But apart from that, we're good. We're healthy. The baby's growing. He too is kicking Nice. But, yeah, man. I'm just trying to find energy where I can. Yes, I feel you. Same here. Same here, man. Same here. 2023's been kicking my butt. Can you believe that it's it's going to be over in, like, another two months? It just, like, flies on by. Yeah, that's how it's been going. Yes, that is the way life has been. So real quick, we're going to go ahead and, you know, the new format that we've been doing, our team apparel. I will go first. As today is the NBA preview, um, I had to go dig for it because I had it. I need to go represent a guy who should have been an all-star last year but was snubbed. I got no. Oh, my God. Forget it. That is the wrong jersey. So sorry, everyone. I actually have on, wow, that's actually really hilarious. That's going to be a clip, maybe. But today's jersey is a great player, great collegiate player. Um, Another great Nick has worn this number. But I am actually wearing Cardiac Kemba, Kemba Walker, when he was on the Knicks for the one season that he unfortunately was dealt a hard hand. He got outplayed. Um and lost his spot in the lineup. But now he's going to be balling in Europe. So I'm excited to see what he can do over for, uh, I believe it's uh, Barcelona that he's playing for. But Yeah, yeah, it's it's that Euro, it's that big Euro League. Euro League, like, right? Yeah. But yeah, so shout out to Cardiac Kemba um, for Nick. I found this jersey on a clearance rack oh. for very, very cheap. And I'm like, I love Kemba. I love him at UConn. You know, I loved him when he was in the league, and now he's gonna go ahead and make some more money in your league. So, Cyrus, what do we have on for our team apparel today? Oh, I am seeing red, sir. You know what that means? We're uh, we are a playoff team this year. I'm just hoping that we make a little bit further than the than this than the first round. That's all. Okay, okay. I mean, I like that team that you have there, and uh, well, I don't, I won't talk about that right now because we got a lot to discuss. Exactly. But Ronald, I am loving this jersey that you have on can you tell the people what we are rocking absolutely but real quick i have to say because of this was the nba preview the jersey that was um originally selected was my marcus smart jersey and so i to pay respect to my mans there but i actually genuinely got emotional <laughs> pulling the jersey off the hanger i said you know what i don't want this energy right now. i just completely went in a different direction so I went with the um, DC United Cherry Blossom kit. And so, again, um, yes. the first episode we talked about that. Soccer is what pulled me in. So um, 
No, I peeped at anything Cherry Blossom is going to win me over. So um decided to give me a jersey, and I love it. I like, I love it, too. It's fire. That's a nice jersey. That Ooh, is a nice jersey. Fire. Let's get it. All right, y'all. So we got a little bit of weekly sports update. We got nothing crazy going on. But first, some NFL updates. If you guys saw the game yesterday, we officially have no one that is undefeated as of yesterday. Oh. <laughs> Cyrus, I apologize for the hurt. Um, Cyrus, it had to be the Jets, too. It had to be the Jets. Yo, and That's it, the funniest I, and, thing about it. And I was there. I was at the game. I've seen that. I've seen As it. a I've spectator. I don't ever get a chance to spectate these games, but my goodness. You know, the Jets know how to be the Jets. Um, I'll admit. So when I was at the Jets game, and for those that don't know, the Jets beat the Eagles 20 to 14 uh yesterday. I was heading out. So we knew when the Eagles were on that five yard line, the Jets stopped them to um, third down, fourth down, they went to bring the field goal. As I'm walking down from our seats, they missed the field goal. So we're slowly making our ways out. The Jets did the Jet thing and, you know, gave the ball back very easily. So we're like, all right, well, we're making the right move because the Jets are probably going to lose this game. As we are on the escalator, all of a sudden we hear this roar. We look at the Jumbotron. And Jalen Hurts throws an interception in which ends up being returned to the eight-yard line on their end. So we're like, oh, wow. So they're actually uh, winning this right now, possibly. Maybe, but you know, then again, you guys got to remember the Jets are such the Jets. They could easily just fumble it at the one yard line. Instead, <laughs> the Jets gave that ball to Brees Hall, pounded it in for that touchdown. And I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, oh man, watch the Eagles just like come back because I've been through so many Jet games where like they got like 30 seconds left and the Jets be the Jets and just, you know, they'll like, end up allowing like a punt return or some sort of thing. No. The Jets stopped the Eagles, and the clock ticked down to zero, and the Jets beat the Eagles. I couldn't believe it. I could not understand how that happened. Out of all teams to beat the Eagles, I will say the Jets were probably not on my short list to do that. But, guys, your thoughts on that win, though? Man, let me – these are my thoughts on the Eagles in general – Go ahead. Audulent. So I remember they'll go in back to the game against the Commanders that I believe went into overtime, and now that game played out and ended. Remember messaging Khalif afterwards, no Eagles fan there. My words were fraudulent, and so I am not surprised <laughs> that the Jets pulled this up <laughs> out of nowhere win on the Eagles here. Um, I'll be honest with you, I actually didn't watch too much football this past weekend, so mind you, like I said, been without water here, so there's been catching up on laundry and just household things in general. So yesterday was a day of um, being productive around the house. So I've just been catching highlights. So I actually did not get to see a lot of that action. So your play-by-play was great, Kevin. Um, but <laughs> fraudulent is the word <laughs> of mind for me. Um, Cyrus, go ahead. My my thoughts were that I agree with Ronald, fraudulent. I, I mean, listen, I think they've been, they've been playing with fire for the last, I'm going to say, Four games. They've been playing with fire. Other than the first game, I think they've been playing with fire the the the, the whole the, rest, the last the last couple of games. Um, I 
he just, I don't know. It's just, I, I think it's just the way he, they lost two coordinators. They lost two coordinators. I think that's a, I think that was a big deal. And, you know, you got a guy that just doesn't know how to call plays for Jalen Hurts. And I think Hurts, I think Hurts is somewhat falling back into what he was when he was in Alabama. And then he had to transfer out. I think it's just a matter of he gets better, you know, three steps forward, but I think he takes two steps back because he just gets, he got complacent. And I think that's what happened. Yeah, I just, you know, the one thing about the Jets that I will give them a lot of credit to is they truly play to their competition. You know, you play against a bad team, the Jets have the possibility of being one of the worst teams in football. You play them against a really good team, you might almost be convinced that they can win a Super Bowl. Also, they, weren't they without their, their corners, both starting corners? Yeah. 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 yeah, Sauce is out with a concussion, and the other cornerback was hurt. So the fact that they won like that, I mean, man, I just I'm just happy that I'm not an actual Jets fan because I just don't think I could go through the roller coaster of emotions that they have gone through just for the first like six weeks of the season. Thank God they have a bye week next week so they can go ahead and relax. <laughs> but I just don't know how they do it. Just, you know, from everything from like Aaron Rodgers going down and then, you know, being excited for that and then having that happen and then, you know, having the opportunity to beat the Chiefs with Taylor Swift in the building. And then, you know, with that loss and, you know, losing to the Patriots and then, but still somehow be able to compete with some of these teams. It's crazy, but we got to be remiss. I know Cyrus, we, we went to the Jets first, but you know, your, yeah, your 49ers, your 49ers, unfortunately lost by missed field goal. Um, yeah. But yeah, I will say, you know, there, you did guys have some tough breaks, you know, McCaffrey got hurt. I believe Debo got went down in the first quarter. I believe even uh, uh, Brock Purdy got a little bit banged up as well. So, what's the deal, yo? Dude? Well, I I would tell you right. Remember we were talking about. I think it was the last time I was on. The last time we talked about football, I said the one thing is you need a number one receiver. You always need a number one receiver because whenever you're, whenever you're, if you just have a group of receivers that are very good group of receivers, it's very hard to sit there and say, hey, you know. Let's just spread it around to everybody. Again, Debo is a nice guy. Debo is a switchblade guy. Debo is not a guy who's going to take the top off. That's why you need a number one receiver. The fact is, right now, if Debo, if they had a number one receiver, if they had with number one receiver with Debo going down and Caffrey going down, you can still run your plays. You can still run and everything you're supposed to do. That number one receiver now becomes that much more valuable of a target. But you can't do that if you don't have that guy. And that's the problem. But here's the thing. If I'm them right now, Tennessee has a guy that's sitting there that can be a number one receiver and fits perfectly for what they need. He might not want to be there no more after what's going on in Tennessee. I can see he's only been in for a couple of games, but I can see him leaving. I can see him leaving. If they if they put enough out there, I can see him leaving. I mean, if if we're you're talking about who I'm talking about, Mr. DeAndre Hopkins, he went from 30 points for my fantasy team to a good old three, which is really upsetting for me. And then um, think about it. They run the ball. They run the ball 65% of the time, damn near 70% of the time. I mean, so he's not he's not going to get a ton of looks. Which I never so. understand why he even wanted to go there in the first place because they run through Derrick Henry, and they don't have any spectacular quarterback. What, Tannehill? And then the guy from Liberty, right? Am I right? Yep. 
Malik Willis. Yeah, Malik yeah. Willis. Like, and then they didn't didn't they pick the run? Didn't they pick up the guy from um Levy? Yeah, from what's the name? The uh, uh Kentucky, Kentucky, right? Yeah, yeah. So like, no. I don't know who's throwing that ball, but I don't think I trust them enough to get it to D Hop enough. So hey, DeAndre, do your thing. Hold out. <laughs> Get sent somewhere you want to go. Like, do, do your thing because you would help out any of us with your, with our, that have you on your fantasy team, which I made a trade for you. I traded Calvin Ridley and a, you sound bitter, Kev. Four, and a six round pick <laughs> and got you back in an 11th for next year. So we need to make sure we get these fantasy points. But, um, <laughs> Hey, Rod, 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 he sounds kind of bitter, doesn't he? A little bit, but then again, <laughs> like, I'm on the other end here where I have Calvin really on my roster. I'm like, why haven't I traded you away myself here? And so, you know, I feel his pain just a little bit there. But yes. uh, I think it was a little bad bet because I'm 100% with you, Kevin. It, the signing never made sense. So we'll mm-hmm. leave it at that. Yeah. Just, it's Tennessee. So. <clears throat> and yeah. I think he had, a, he had a chance. Remember, he had a chance to go with just about anybody. Like, Anywhere. everybody was giving him – the only places that wasn't giving him wasn't giving him a look was Philly, um, Philly, Las Vegas, and there was a, there was one other team that just wasn't going to give him a look at all because they already had him on receiver. Uh, the Rams because they had Cooper Cup. Yeah, they don't. They so they, those, those are three teams that were not giving. Everybody else was like, "Hey, come on here, come on in, come in." He was like, "Nah, I want to go." To Tennessee, <laughs> yeah, horrible, horrible. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get we'll talk a little bit of fantasy too because if Andrew and Merritt want a two part episode for Cliffhanger, we're gonna give them that content as much as we can. But uh, next up on my agenda, big shout out to the New York Liberty. They Ooh. went and battled and got a game three win, a must win because if they didn't then the series would have been over against the Las Vegas Aces yesterday. Shout out to our number one fan, Mark. He was actually in attendance at the Liberty game and was able to see them win that. Um, I hope the Liberty can come back and force a game five. Uh, You know, the key, I think, for the Liberty, they really need to make sure that everyone's hitting their shots because I just think, in my personal opinion, the size up front for the aces is what is the determining factor for them. Um, when you look at somebody like Asia Wilson, who is probably the best player in the WNBA right now, um, even though I love Stewie, she got MVP. I mean, you could have honestly made a case for Asia Wilson to win MVP this year again. Uh, you know, she's one of the top players in the league. You look at just that lineup of Chelsea Gray of Kelsey Plum, Jackie Young. That's like that's three number one overall picks on your roster right there. And with the size that they have on the bench, I know the Aces don't have as much depth, especially with Candace Parker out right now. But I just feel like that's a big thing that the difference between the Liberty and the Aces right now. I'm not sure if you guys had a chance to tune in or have seen a little bit of them play. If you had any thoughts, Cyrus. I did. I, I watched. I watched. I watched a little bit of, of both games of uh, both the the two and three. I, I mean, listen. I, I think from a basketball standpoint, I think they the Aces, like you said, they are big. They got a big front line, and Kelsey and and 
the Kelsey and Chelsea can really score. So it really it really alleviates a lot of the stuff off of Asia's plate to have to worry about doing the scoring. Like she gets it. If you notice, they run plays for her, but she doesn't really get her stuff off the plays. It's mainly off of like the reactions of what everybody else does. Yeah. So yeah. it's just a matter of them trying to figure it. And, and what worked out in game three for them, for the worked out game three for the Liberty was this. They were the aggressor, they attacked, and then they made them make a decision. And then they said, okay, you're going to live with either you let me take a shot, a wide up a shot, or get in the drive into the lane, which is exactly how basketball is supposed to be played. Make them make them choose what you what you what they want to give you. If they're going to give you a wide up a shot and that's your thing, knock it down. And that's exactly what happened in game three. So Ronald, anything? I, no, I man, I just love that Plum just is not afraid to like let that thing go. And she's been yeah. going through um, a little three point slump where she had um, seven attempts and only one on the bucket there, one of their losses, but has not kept her from just letting that thing go. And more recently, um, I think she like made 10 three point attempts and like shot 50% from the three there. So, when you talk about hitters there, I've always uh, liked how Plum has played. And so, I think for them, for um, the Aces, that's where it's at. Also, something to acknowledge, just uh, low-key there, something you wouldn't have, um, I guess, really think about recently, but just a team that had Liz Cambage, who was supposed to be a big player for them, and so a lot of that drama with her that never kept around this season, but never kept them from making it all the way here, so just talking to the pool of talent on the aces there, and so got to give them a shout-out for that in general. Yeah, the, the, the aces, they really put together a hell of a super team, and Liberty, they came came back and put one together of their own, and yeah, I just I, I I want I'm excited to see what else can happen. I would love to see them go force a game five. If it goes to game five, then I think it's anybody's game. Uh, it's just you know it's whoever's gonna make the shots, whoever's gonna you know force the turnovers more. I think it's gonna the rebounding is gonna be really big in this series. But uh, I mean, I'm you know. Fingers crossed that the Liberty can pull it off because the city of New York would be able to celebrate a real championship team for the first time <laughs> in about like how many years? Hold on. Hold on. Let me, let me do the math. Oh, my God. That's horrible. Math. Oh, my God. Uh, man. So, hey, the last hey, celebration hey, was fellas. 2009 of the Yankees. <laughs> so, that's 14 years that. The city of New York has not had anything fun to celebrate because both football teams have been absolutely an abomination. The quote unquote New York teams have been an up and down roller coaster of emotion. The hockey teams, nobody really cares about hockey, to be truly honest. The Red Bulls, nobody cares about Harrison, New Jersey. And well, baseball, the Yankees continue to spend money and let down and the Mets continues to just waste money. So yeah. So yeah, go ahead, Cyrus. You were saying right. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't was anything. All I was gonna say is that, you know, if the Liberty win, isn't that a shame that the women's team won before the men's team? No, it's not. And the women's team hasn't even been around 15 years yet. My God, actually, no, it's been more 15. Actually, no, 20 it's, years. it's 20 years, man. We're yeah, 20, 20 years. years. But 20 years, the Knicks have been, points still Knicks valid, have been around though. 60 years. They stay. <laughs> hey, honestly, if the Liberty won Sabrina, you would crown her as the Queen of New York. 
like everyone would bow down to the Liberty and they'll fill up that Barclays Center and women's basketball in New York City will be absolutely thriving. So let's that's fingers crossed it can happen. But hey, this year it's the first year that they're all together. So even if we don't win it, I think it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, yeah it's definitely because yeah. for instance, I don't know if you guys know. So at Liberty Games, they only open the lower bowl for Liberty Games. Now, because they made it so far, they had they were forced because of ticket demand, they had to open up the upper bowl. And they were nice. filling them the upper bowl for the bigger games. So now it's like, hey, you guys are able to fill that. You guys are wanted demanding more seats. You, now you guys just got to keep coming. So I think if the Liberty keep winning, the fans will keep coming. And, you know, sky's the limit there. Yeah, I agree. Yes. And my last little nod was I found this <laughs> super, super interesting. It came up on my Bleacher Report because... I was trying to find another topic to talk about because, uh, I mean, no offense, guys. I, I don't know much about baseball. So, <laughs> we're going to be talking about that. Yeah, you're fine with me. But yeah, um, <laughs> really, really cool. Jace Richardson, son of Jason Richardson, who used to play for the Warriors, the Suns, former dunk champ. His son committed to Michigan State, the same alma mater as Jason Richardson today which is super, super cool. He committed over the weekend, and now they're going to be fun little uh, little duo, father-son duo to play at Michigan State. So shout-out to Spartans, shout-out to Jace. Congrats on picking your college, and I can only imagine your NIL deals are probably out of the wazoo. So <laughs> uh, we'll take it from there. Real quick, uh, I didn't add it on here, but, you know, Merritt wants the content. So uh, fantasy, what what's an update on everybody's fantasy teams? How are we doing? Ronald, I know this is a – a welcome back after a, hi- a hiatus from fantasy. It's great to have you back. Yeah, nah, man. Um, yeah, like you already know, we had like a commissioner of our league for the longest time, pandemic, and then it just kind of gave up people a reason to separate and we never brought it back. So after, what, three years back in fantasy for the first time? Uh, right now, I'm so started off 4-0, feeling good, feeling great been 0-2 the last two and so my team got <laughs> exposed here I'm not putting up big points compared to some of the other big dogs and I came across one of them also what set it off was my first loss came to the 0-4 team and so oh. it was just I mean I feel like that was an omen right there but um right now I'm feeling the Christian McCaffrey hurt so I'm genuinely genuinely concerned <laughs> how that's gonna play out um calvin really has been a significant disappointment yeah we uh, go the streaming quarterback route and that has been more rough rough driving as of late here um because i never want to pay up for um, a quarterback which is always my mistake but um i got to choose between waller and laporta both of them hurt like just figuring out what's gonna happen it's <laughs> never fun but um i just Man, I don't have that strong depth. I don't got big hitters here, so I'm concerned. I'm concerned <laughs> once I start going against the um, the higher scoring teams here, what's going to happen? Because um, right now, just not getting the points where I need. So I gave myself a little cushion to start, but we'll see how long that lasts me. Because uh, uh, fucking Calvin Ridley, God, yeah, I hear you. Cyrus, what about you? Do you have any fantasy leagues that you're in right now? How you? Doing? I have actually. I have. I have excommuted myself from the fantasy league for at least for at least a season. Wow. 
Uh, just because, just because I used to run like two or three, and every time that happened, it was like life gets in the way. Kids got this, kids got that. I'm sitting there trying to fumble my phone half the time, figure out, and then the one league, the one person one didn't want to have half the league. Half the league wanted to have like a live draft. The other half wanted to sit sit at home. I'm like, yeah, it's like I can't do this. Like I, I just <laughs> pick one, pick one so we can go. If we're gonna go sit at a bar and do the bar and do it, let's do that. Yeah. And then, so the best part about this was this, right? So last year I did it and we did a half and half. So these jokers go, well, we're just gonna do it on our phone. So what's the what was the point of us going to the bar if you were gonna do it on your phone? Well, like yeah, I don't get that. <laughs> right. So right. So like the whole, so if we so if you go to the bar, you write it down and. Then, the whole point of doing it, if you do it live, is to see somebody fumble and fuck up, so you can take the player, so you can take the, the player, because now you can see what where he's going at. I can't see what you're doing by the way you're doing it. You can have a setup on automatic, and you have it randomly pick the guy that's that's there. Yeah, so like, that's no fun. It's no fun. Yeah, I feel it's you. No fun. So I'm like, I, I said, I'm not gonna do it. I'm like, yeah. I was like, maybe we'll do a family one or something like that. You know, somewhere down the line. But I, at this point, I'm like, I'm not. I got to find a good group of guys that understands, like, we pick one, we do it this way, and then we just move on. Like, I'm fine with that. I respect so, that. So, for me, guys, if you if you don't know, I'm in five leagues, a, a career high right now. So, <laughs> my one league, that's an $80 buy-in. So, I, I'm actually on the verge of losing almost every week, except for my guillotine league. So, I'm every team is down right now. But uh, <laughs> so there's the my eighty dollar league. That's with my buddy from my old CrossFit gym. I'm currently just getting walloped by one of the top teams right now. Then I have my like close friend group of friends, Ronald. If you know Michelle, our group of friends, Merritt is also in this league, and Merritt is absolutely disgustingly killing me right now after he <laughs> lost three in a row. So that's a bummer. And I'm also an added person in Merritt's fantasy league with his group of friends in which Merritt is also to emphasize he's 0 and 5 in this league. And I'm also getting crushed by another person on this team. And then I just recently in my, uh, my old college roommates league, which was our keeper league. That was like a big money buy-in. All my players are just on the downward slope. So uh, right now, it just uh, it's a tough swing. Uh, right now, I have Tony Pollard in, in which I traded for like uh, some top picks for next year's draft to get him. So unless he gets like forty points tonight, I don't think I have a <laughs> shot at winning this uh, game. So I'm just kind of chalking up as a, a over four for all leagues. But right now, I'm currently focusing on our guillotine league. So I don't know if you guys have heard me talk about this one. So basically, a guillotine league is pretty much, you know, your standard fantasy draft. Everyone kind of faces each other. And pretty much whoever scores the lowest that week, they are eliminated from the competition and their team goes up for auction so you can grab their players. Um, so I've made it through six weeks so far. I am currently in the lifeline section of hopefully advancing this week. But uh, I know I'm going to need to pay some big bucks for whoever is left because I'm getting killed by all these heavy hitters. And it looks, by the looking of the scores right now, I could be out within the next two weeks. So right now, I'm hoping I can hold strong. I need to, like, I need to, like, save up for, like, a good, like, wide receiver because 
I have Jerry Judy, which I paid a little bit higher than I should have for him. And uh, as Stephen Smith said, you know, why go over, why go and watch a uh, half-assed receiver on TV who, you know, is oh, just okay. And he's right. So I need to go to my replacement. <laughs> uh, so fingers crossed that I can go ahead and do that. But uh, yeah, that's what we got. So wait, you know, wait, wait. But before you go, the best part about that whole situation, right? He even said, I'm sorry for telling you this on the podcast. I was just being honest about you <laughs> and other <laughs> receivers like you. Yep. Why are you getting upset? If you if you know that you're better, show me that you're better. Apparently, that didn't work out for you. And now you're on the trading block for running your mouth, and you're probably going to go to whomever, and you're probably going to have another – you're probably going to be the the, what, the the Z receiver, the slot guy, or the fourth receiver on the team. Okay, just live with it for now. You're probably not going to get your money again. <laughs> See you in the XFL, Mr. Judy. Bye-bye. And might I add how nonchalant Steven's, uh, Steve Smith was when talking about him? Like, you know, we don't get mad. You know, we, we're, we're bigger than that. And everybody right. knows that I'm older now and I'm bigger than that. But nobody really cares about looking at a sorry wide receiver who's just okay. And if teams come to me and ask, should I trade for this player? I will tell him no, because he cannot take any corrective criticism, constructive criticism, because he is just a sorry, okay receiver. And we don't have time for that. I was like, wow. That was... Uh, that's vintage Steve Smith. Though. Yeah. That's, that's been great. The growth, but the pettiness. The pettiness was my favorite part in it all, just that last portion of it. Um Yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to figure. I'm just trying to figure out why. I mean, if you're and and I'll say this, then we can end this, right? But if you are a wide receiver and you know that you are not living up to your standard, why would you not take something from a guy who has, uh, what is he like, eighth, tenth, or, or like oh, like top fifteen in yards and receiving or something like that in, in NFL history or something like that? Yeah, right. The guy has been there. He's done it. He's been big time. Like what? I mean, what happens if what happens if Jerry Rice was to say something to you like that? You're gonna sit there and tell him, "Oh, you're blasphemous for saying it." No, the guy's the goat. He's telling you, you suck. You need to get your shit together. <laughs> ain't, ain't no, you know, ain't no. He's not telling you that. He's not doing it just to kick rocks. He's telling you it's because you suck. Yep. And and you're you're being like you stuck. And this is wrong. That's wrong. These players now. They all think they they all think the shit don't stick and they just keep walking. Around. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. All right, so now to get on to some WVU news. Oh, boy. Oh, gosh. This WVU news. The Houston oh, game. The Houston game. That had to be the most biggest abomination and such a WVU game that I've ever seen in my life. For those that didn't get a chance to follow, West Virginia was down 11 to this Houston team in the fourth quarter. Seven minutes left. They scored a touchdown. We got a two-point conversion. We're now down by three. They get a stop. They have about one minute, one a minute and a half remaining on the clock. <laughs> Garrett Green stud throws the ball to a previously walk-on Hudson Clement, in which he takes it 50 yards to touchdown. West Virginia comes back from being down 11 with 
50 seconds left. Garrett Green somehow goes ahead and gets an unsportsmanlike penalty for celebrating with his helmet off on his own bench, which I didn't know that was even possible. So that brings the kick up a couple <laughs> yards. W kicks off. Houston takes it to the 40. Pass here, pass there. Oh, you know, we're almost there. You know, seven seconds left on the clock. Houston's quarterback throws that motherfucker up in the air. <laughs> and we're thinking, oh, it's good. Oh, we're just going to bat down. All four WVU defenders are in front of the ball, goes over all their heads. And where does it land? It tips into a Houston player's hand. He taps it up. And in the back of the end zone is a Houston wide receiver to catch the winning Hail Mary touchdown. West Virginia loses 42-39 to on a Hail Mary in which we could have easily been 5-1 and one right now. But we have to go ahead and talk about, well, at least I have to. Merritt doesn't have to. He, did, he didn't want to comment on this because it's too hard for him. <laughs> I agree. It's hard for me, too. <laughs> but, you know, it's a lot to absorb because I will say this. If you guys were to watch this game, number one, first things first, any sort of broadcast on any of those Fox sports networks are really difficult to go through because the announcers are terrible. Honestly, they might as well put us on there, to be truly honest. We could have done a better job. Yeah, yeah, I can agree with that. Because it's it's tough. Like I like yeah. sometimes they I don't even know how who found these people. Because if y'all found them out the street, how about you come listen to us, throw the three of us on there, we would be way more entertaining. But again, West Virginia. They take that loss. It was the most West Virginia thing I've ever seen in my life. Ronald, we've been alumni. You've We've seen some really West Virginia-type shit in our years. <laughs> but this one had to take the kick because not only did it come to our old head coach, this Houston team sucks, guys. Like, they like we – Cyrus, you would throw for 500 yards on this Houston team. Ronald, <laughs> you would have – Ronald, you would have ran for 200-plus yards. I would have been star punt return – or fullback. It this this Houston team sucks, and the fact that they won the way they did is horrible. I'm not sure if you guys had a chance to see any of the highlights. I know it broke I, my heart. Go ahead. I, 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 I tell you, I tell you, you, you know what's bad when it makes it on the to uh what's the name is bad beats. Oof. Hmm. It made it on the West Scott Van Pelt's bad beats. <laughs> that, not, that game was not supposed to go that way. <laughs> whoever made it, he was like whoever made it bet you got screwed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what about you? Question. Well, oh man, it's just go ahead, go ahead. No, but I'm sorry, <laughs> it's just disgusting in general. But let me ask you, Kevin, how they won, how they pulled out the victory there. Um, how good would you feel about the five and one record? And in, in all honesty, and like how the way the season's been going and the matchups, how good would you feel about that five and one? I would be very, I will say this, my thoughts on the team probably would have been like a lot more positive. So like on the positivity scale, if I'm going rating from one to 100 right now, I'm at like a 55. Cause it's just, I will say truth be told Cyrus as an outsider, you could probably say this West Virginia football for the last couple of years has been rather unexciting. Um, yes. It's, it's boring. Like when you think of us, like if you, for anybody that's not an alum, like you think of our school as high powered offense, super fast guys, you know, high scoring. 
But right now, we are just try like the the running. last thing I the last thing I think of when I when I think when I think of Dove football is Geno Smith. And that and that's and that and that's been a long time. Like he did, he's been in the league a hot minute. I mean, so it, yeah, it's, you're you're, you're it's, talking you're talking ten years. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> it's been a. Oof. I mean, we during that time frame, we've had some really great people come through. You're talking guys like Will Greer came through, Kevin White, wide receiver wise. I mean, you oh, can't yeah. forget about like guys like you know probably the greatest college YouTube highlight film ever made in Tavon Austin's highlight right. tape senior year. But, you know, like the one thing I would be able to accept Ronald with this five and one record is that we would be able to, I'd be able to accept that they have some sort of identity. Our identity would be, we're going to grind out these teams. We may not be able to score as many points as we'd want to, but we're going to make them tough to score. We're going to make it hard for them when it comes to defense and then offensively, we're going to run it down your throat as much as possible with one of the best offensive lines that they've ever had in a long time. And with that six, two beast they have in the backfield named CJ Donaldson. Um, and then eventually, you know, with Garrett green, you know, he's be able to utilize his athleticism with that five and one, I'd be able to accept like, Hey, if that's the identity of that, this team needs to be this season in order to win games. Cool. Because number one, as an alum, I would love to see our school back in bowl season because I love college bowl season. You know, I don't even care if it's the freaking beef old Brady bowl. Like I want to <laughs> see our team back playing in the middle of December. Like, you know, like, you know, I I'll take any bowl game, dollar general bowl, the circuit city bowl. The, there is apparently a, a cheese it bowl now. Like I would take them being in a bowl game. Would you be, would you be okay with the Duke's Mayo bowl? The what? The Duke's Mayo Bowl. You ever you ever heard of that one? I mean, if if we get to a bowl game, yeah, I'm cool with it. Like we're used. Like think about when Ron, when you and I were in school, we were expected we're going bowl season. You know, we expected to be in postseason playing for something so that our fan base could be excited about. When was the last time we could be like, oh yeah, let's awesome, let's go, let's go. We're gonna watch them in the bowl game. Cool. Never. Like, at least the last bowl win we had was in 20... We won the Liberty Auto Zone with, like, uh, the Stills brothers. But, like, you know, that was okay. Maybe, Ronald, you might be able to see it uh, what our last bowl win was. But, you know, take that previously. We've had a couple sprinkles here and there. And then you have our infamous Orange Bowl, like, our senior year, where we won 70-33 to 33 against Clemson. But, you know, like, I think it. I think it was just a matter. I just want to see our team as a selfish alum to be great again and just be somewhat relevant. And so I will say, um, the last bowl game before that was twenty eighteen, and that was the um, Camping World Bowl. I know this because of the um, stadium that's up there in Orlando, which was held. And I remember going to the. Uh, I think it was the Russell Athletic Bowl game against Miami in that same. Um, mm stadium there but um with that i just think even if they made it to a bowl game kevin is it like even exciting to watch that game they said they, they said they out? made it to the last bowl game was 2020 the AutoZone liberty bowl yeah that's the one that you had brought up there and so yeah, yeah do, do you like as an yeah. alum sure i want to see them in a bowl game but it is just not <laughs> 
exciting to watch. They don't have the same recruiting pipeline that brought them the Noel Devines, the Tavon Austins of the world. I know. That gave us that excitement um, um, every single season there. So I and you know that really showed itself too, right? With the uh, if you think about the season opener against Penn State there, and just clearly, clearly we're not we're not anywhere near where we uh, would want to be there. And so, which if you think about it, a couple of years ago when we scheduled that game, the prediction was it's like, oh yeah, West Virginia could compete with Penn State, yeah. But now we're a complete afterthought. It's like we're like Vanderbilt in the SEC. Like nobody knows about what the hell. And I think that reinforces WWE doesn't get strong recruiting. They get players here and there that come in, and they're like a lot of local talent with the pipeline, but. Um, they don't really get um, go outside those big states. Um, so you got the Ohio, Pennsylvania, West Virginia. Um, they have a bit of a Florida pipeline, not as strong as of late. Um, and so it's just so they, but they have been. They're grading wise, recruiting wise, they've been having great recruits. It is, but the, one of the, of course the unfortunate things that we're running into nowadays is the infamous NIL, in which people are using us as a stepping stone to go elsewhere, which is not what we're used to. We're normally the place where they're like, they're coming to. So that adjustment is also big as well. And, you know, it's where I think, I think our, we're starting to feel it now because this whole generation of kids, it's like, oh, you're not, I'm second string. Screw that. I'm going to go get, they're going to get my money somewhere else. And I'm going to go play somewhere else and get guaranteed playing time. It's, it's a whole catch twenty two, and and that's the problem. So I, I just want to take a moment here and give a little shout out to the old head, uh, the old head uh, group here, because both you and Cyrus at some point have made bitter comments about the younger generation. <laughs> that's the that's the age where you're at. Yeah, I, I, I'm, you're not alone. I am part of that group. I just haven't slipped up yet, but I just want to call that out. I think that's you're old. We are old. I, I, we are it, old. It, you know what? I, I live with I live with that man, but you, you the reason I'm reason I feel that way is only because the product you can't put bad product out and bitch and complain about it. That's the problem. Like it, if you were putting a good product out and then you could bitch and complain, then I, I yeah, fine. I, I I go right along with you. But you can't put a bad product out and then bitch about it. That's the part that 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 baffles me. Like it just can't. I, I, just immaturity. I really chalk it up to immaturity. And then when you're on a team like the Denver Broncos, I imagine you can't feel good. And with the athletes, it's kind of hard these days to learn the lines when it comes to media and their opinions. And so just if anything comes out of media, just an immediate no, done here. And so a little oversensitivity. I, I think a little bit of that too um, here. So I'll just leave it at that. But no, you're not wrong. I don't think you're wrong at all, just for the record. But you're old. You too, Joe. <laughs> I know. Seriously, my my forty five year old body tells me that I'm. Not <laughs> All right. So now that I went on like a half hour rant of WVU football, so let's go to basketball. There's not too much news about basketball, but one thing that did happen this weekend is they had a secret scrimmage against the Vanderbilt team, and a couple of different notes. Um, Seth Wilson, great three point shooter. If he continued to shoot that ball. He'll definitely make a place for him in the rotation. Our big guys of Jesse Edwards and a cook a cook. They can be something special as a dominant force down low. And with Kerr Creesa, I think we can get used to the, him throwing lobs to these big guys and having them throw it down, which is really awesome. But really loving the length on this team. And then 
I'm trying to think who is the other guy that I saw that was really, really playing well. I think his I forgot his name. He transferred from St. John's. I think his name is Slizinski. That's his last name. But he was also playing really well in that scrimmage. Um, I did hear that the game that they played against Vanderbilt did go to OT. And unfortunately, they did lose the game in OT. But um, just at least be able to watch some of the highlights. A lot more different of a team that we've seen in the past. Um, a lot longer that we've seen from recent years. And, you know, I think I'm excited about this transfer class. I think so. One person that did not play in this secret scrimmage was Raekwon Battle, who is still waiting his eligibility for transferring. Um, fingers crossed that he can get that waiver to so he can play next year. Um, because if not, then he would have to sit out another season. So fingers crossed there. And any thoughts on W basketball guys? So I actually depend on you, Kevin, to get me up to date with college basketball in general. And so especially with WVU ball. Because Corey's the other, my other friend here who likes to um to keep me up to date to that. Shout out to Corey. And so, um, but like you come on here to talk to you basketball. So I'm actually a little bit out of the loop on here with um with some of the players you had mentioned. Yeah, so uh Jesse Edwards, he was rated top transfer for centers coming from Syracuse. You got a cook a cook top uh one of the top transfer guys who was originally at UConn, transferred to Georgetown, and now he's in his final year coming to us as a graduate senior, coming from Georgetown to us. And uh, Kirk Risa, top guard transfer from the University of Arizona. Um, they all, they each, uh, Kirk Risa re-entered himself in the transfer portal when Bob Huggins got into all his trouble. And then he ended up committing back to the team, which was really awesome. So, and Seth Wilson has been on the team for a while. So hopefully um, we can keep this going and hopefully have something work. This is a uh, so fun little fun fact that you guys know. We don't have any freshmen on this team this year. So there's no freshman on this team. It, it was all transfers, which is something very interesting that I did not expect us to do. So we'll see what happens. Uh, no, I, I think I think I think the team I think the team itself. Just watching a couple of clips here and there of some stuff. I think the team itself is just with the new outlook as far as the coaching staff. You'll you'll get a better more. I'm not going to say that Bob was was behind antiquated as far as like the offense and defense, but. The, You're the, gonna get more modern of a game. Modern of a game, probably a little more up tempo stuff. Um, offensively, you probably get a, little, a lot more PNRs, a lot of a lot of dribble handoff stuff that that they run more in the pros now, just to get them more acclimated because that's what the kids are used to running now. You probably won't get the standard, you know, Bob Huggins get it the ball in the post, throw it in the post. Let's work around. You know, it's gonna be. More yeah. flash high, screen down, guy comes flash in. If he can get it in the post, he'll get a couple buckets here and there. You know, hopefully, you know, through the season, they'll start to work on that. But that's probably what you get to see. I mean, and with everybody that you have, you should be fine. I mean, to come tournament time is when you're really, really paid off because I think if you get everybody that can really know how to play, you might get past the first weekend, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe first past first weekend. Yeah. yeah, so that's what we got there for WB basketball. I don't know, uh, Ronald, if you um if you ever heard of the new coaching staff. So you have a really exciting coaching staff for WB right now. So assistant coaches with um interim coach Josh Eilert, you have 
the one and only Deshaun Butler as assistant coach. You have Demar Johnson, former NBA lottery pick of the Atlanta Hawks, on that as an assistant coach. You have Jordan McCabe, former WVU player who transferred to UNLV that recently just graduated as an assistant coach. And when we were freshmen, senior at the time, Alex Ruoff is an assistant coach. So if you think about their staff, it's it's a lot more modern. And like this, the kids growing up now be able to relate to them a little bit more because they they all played in the old golden blue and they know what it means to have that West Virginia on their chest. So it'll be interesting. It'll be a good time. That's a little flashback with the last name there and Alex. And so we'll say, we'll say from the time that it was announced, excited about the new era in WVU basketball here as we uh, move on here from Huggies. But uh, all right, let's go. Yeah. So, Andrew, if you want to go ahead and make this a part one of the episode, you can, because I'm pretty sure we've been going for almost an hour. So you can do that if you want. Nah, but if it's been but, an hour. All right, good times. But now it is time for why we are here. We are here for the NBA preview. This is why I got my experts on. We got Cyrus and Ronald out here for this. It has been so exciting to have both of you on here. Because I think the last time I had the both of you on here, was it the 50th anniversary draft of players? It was. Yeah. yeah. So this is going to be a good one. So first thing I wanted to start at was, at first glance, what is something, anything that excites you about the NBA season starting? We'll go with you, Ronald, first. And so at first glance, I'm actually going to uh, move away from the obvious because I can go on with Boston here up front. But at first glance, I'm excited for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And so Mm. super young team that showed a lot of fight and a lot of promise last season has been racking up nothing but assets. And so getting some um, Chet Holgram bear who's going to be playing again, Shai, who took it to another level. And so I am excited to see what this group does, um, especially after last season ending, kind of like in the middle of the road there, 16th in offensive uh, rankings, 13th in defense. And so what's the turn that you take this season? Because I'm genuinely excited for it. I love the new energy there. I love the youth and the players. And so I love the long guards. I love big guards. And so I'm always a fan with that. So what does the Oklahoma City Thunder look like? How do they start? What do they look like throughout the season? That's what they're excited for. Love it. Cyrus, what about you, sir? I'm I'm actually I'm actually wanting to see how the Memphis Grizzlies rebound from all of what they've what they've gone through. That that's my biggest. I just want to see how they rebound at this point. I mean, you got rid of one headache that you had in Dylan Brooks. You brought on some veteran leadership and you basically built a, a veteran team. And, you know, in the last couple of years, you've made a lot of growth as far as getting number one seeds and, you know, getting to the point where you can get maybe to the conference finals and stuff like that in, in a very talented West. So I'm just I'm just waiting to see what 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 happens. We'll see how they react on what, you know, what with the offseason and, and all the changes that they made. I love it. So for me, you guys mentioned uh, specific teams and what they're about to be doing at first glance um when i think about it and i look at it overall one thing that i actually think i'm very interesting to see how it goes this season is this in-season tournament that's happening um i'm really serious i'm curious to see if these the teams are going to be excited about it 
You know, they made a whole hoopla about it when they came through. I wanted, I just want to know what's the driving force because I know like they're trying to take that idea from like soccer. They that they do this like in season tournament or like similar to like what NCAA does with certain teams with those in season tournaments beforehand to get ready for March Madness. I'm just really curious to see how this dynamic is going to develop on the NBA level. And I'm really just curious to see, like, are the players going to get up for it? Are they going to be down for it? And I just want to know who thinks that they can take this cup and if it's really going to be a much more of an advantage for them later on. Is this going to be something that just like a – does it look like it's just a regular standard season type win for them? Or does it go ahead and, like, really turn into something where it propels you to take you to the next level, if that made sense? If I use wrestling terms for Cyrus, you know, think about if you win the Intercontinental title, does this in-season tournament as the Intercontinental title propel you to be a world champion? <laughs> um, honestly, I, I I don't think it does. I, I I think I think they did this. I think they did this to make sure that nobody tanks. Nobody's doing the tanking or the or the uh, or the sitting of the players. I think that's really what it was meant to be. Because they're talking about where well, you can, you got to get what is it, six, 56, 65 games, right? Am I saying that right? In, 65 in, games. In order to win an award this year, you have to play a minimum of 65 games. Right. So I think they were trying to get them to, to, to do this so that way they don't do the resting thing. So now they can't say, oh, well, you know, XYZ couldn't play because he got an injured calf or strained calf or whatever it is or pinky toe was hurt, whatever that thing is. You know what I mean? They're trying to find a way to make sure that they keep everybody playing, even on the dull nights when they're going to play, they're going to play the bottom feeder team in the East, AKA the Washington Wizards. <laughs> and, you know, they're going to win by 30, but they don't want to play them because they don't want to, they don't want to see Kawhi get hurt on the, like a, a play where he jumps up and he, somebody taps his elbow. They don't want, they just, that's basically what it is. That's why I think it is. I think it's just, they're they're just trying to make sure they don't want to get anybody hurt, and they want to they want them you know they want to make the, the season something. I feel you on that's, that. That's just my personal opinion because I don't think that couple is really going to do anything other than once you get past the first couple of games, you realize you're not going to win it. Nah, screw it. Yeah, that's true. I'm good without it. I, I I don't I don't love that we have this in season tournament. I do feel it's pointless here. Whether you're trying to generate some excitement in the middle of a long-winded NBA season or trying to get players here to come into playing. I think the players are going to be players, and ultimately they're going to decide, no, I'm not doing this if I don't want to. Hell, you see it in Kawhi. It may not be the best uh, case sample because he's just a dude that does his own thing here. Yeah, he but, does his. He uh, walks to the own beat of his own drum. But I'm, I'm not here for this in-season tournament. I'm, I, I can do without. Well, think, of, well, think yeah. about it, Ronald, right? If say saying that in season tournament, they say they gotta play like what they do it like they're trying to do like the NCAA where you gotta play a, like a pod sort of like a pod thing, and you gotta play these certain amount of people or and then get to a certain point and then the four teams goes in Las Vegas and then the one team plays the other team and something other crap like that right. So what happens when you get down to the, those final four teams? You expect everybody to still come back out and play? I don't think so. Like if somebody says, "Oh, well, you're you're not even close to being in the top four. Mm-hmm. All right, fine. Then that means I, I can sit the guys for the next for the next three pod games that I have. But I don't need to worry about it. 
And I really would hate to be on a team where we're looking to aspire to win here this in-season tournament and, like, make some big hoorah out of it. Also, I don't know, when you introduce more games into the season, <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> help the case with players not overdoing and players wanting to play here. Just Well, yeah, fun. and the funny part was they're not even they're not even in, introducing more games. They're morphing it into the 82 game season to try to, to, try to make I, I, I think it's just it's silly. That's just silly. <laughs> I hear you. But – so I had two little suggest- suggestions. So like one other one that I'm super excited about. Honestly, I'm really excited to see our guy Wemby, see what he can really do. I want to know, see if he's going to be competitive, help the Spurs get better. I mean, he is going to be trained by literally three of the greatest Spurs ever. When you had Tony Parker mentoring, Manu mentoring, and Tim Duncan on the bench. Like who better to mentor a big man then probably one of the greatest big men ever. So Wemby will be my other as honorable mention section since I, you guys went with a team and I went with a different one. So, but yeah, so guys, our next one is our Eastern conference preview. So I will have, so each of you, I'll let you lead off. One of you lead off with each conference and then we'll piggyback to, uh, to see what our list look like. So I had you guys, List your top eight teams to make the playoffs this year for each conference. Um, I took away the whole play-in because the play-in is the play-in. So don't worry about that. Just do the top eight. So because, Ronald, you rep the guys from the East, Ronald, your list is up first. Yeah, sure. So you want me to go from, like, bottom up, down, up, down? Uh, Start from number one, down. All right, so I really went back and forth on this, and so at the last minute, it made my change. So maybe a bit of a homer pick, who knows? But Boston here at number one, um, as much as they lost, they gained a lot in that. So we'll see how that all comes together. But some serious pieces in Porzingis. This one did take me a while here after getting over the initial sting, but uh, just the versatility Porzingis is going to bring to this offense here. It's something that they necessarily have. Um, especially at the big man position with old man Horford doing his job. Robert Williams going to miss that dude, but was also a guy that defensively, as scary as he was, had trouble picking up his feet and staying in front, and that killed us. And so a um, guy like Porzingis here, better feet, better athleticism, better length overall. So um, I think all that's going to be a hitter. The pick and roll in Milwaukee, I think that's what everyone's talking about. Number two there, um, hell of a team. They lose some depth in the defense. But, I mean, Dame and Giannis now with that pick and roll game, got to love to see what kind of um, creative plays they come out of that to give the other guys some opportunity. Cleveland at number three, uh, just been good, steadily been getting better. And so for them, a big push. I want to see how well they can do and. I think this is a year that they really make a push here, especially with that. Once you get to the middle of the East there, it's a bit of a toss-up, honestly, because we actually go with um, four, the Knicks. And right next to the Knicks, I have a note here, just y'all funny. Because <laughs> that's what I think the Knicks. So we'll see how it plays out because y'all thank do you, well. Thank y'all you for getting him started, Ronald. Now, I gotta, now we got to hear this for the rest of the season. <laughs> and so we're going to I know. I have, I have, we have video evidence that, the, that Merritt thinks the Knicks – are going to be really good this season. And yeah. I almost fell off my fucking chair. When it's, uh, <laughs> um, go ahead, Ronald. So I think the, the Knicks can um, put some good strings together because 
Here's where number five, I have Philly and I put them there, right? Because I have no fucking clue what to do with Philly. Um, as tumultuous as it is there, as good as Embiid is, I have no single clue um, how that season's going to play out for them here. So that's when I'm looking to play out Tobias Harris. Poor guy, man. He just keeps getting just shitted on every season in and out. Gets plays that uh, maximum player money. But we all know he's not a max player. But that's not his fault. That's the market's fault. Mm -hmm. And so just not living up to those numbers there. And so he gets it from the fans on and off. And so in Philly, really, it's just no love. But no idea how that's going to look out. Number six, I have Miami. And that's purely out of respect. Um, I don't, they just, I don't think they did anything to help themselves here in the offseason. They lost a couple of players. And so, um, a grinded out team, never going to roll them out, which is why I have them at six. But I, again, I mean, it makes, I guess it's not fraudulent when you keep uh, making these strong runs here, but I'm just, you're not a team that's going to win in the finals. And I think that showed last year as good as you played here and got in from the eighth seed. And so we'll leave it at that. Um, number seven, the Hawks, just because they have Trey Young, they're young, uh, they're young, they're talented, but they're also just the Hawks and too young. I think the only addition they had was Wesley Matthews. And so defensively, sure, that adds something, but it doesn't move the needle for you. I think you're similar, similar space than you were last season. And at number eight, just because here we're getting at the bottom of the barrel, I actually have the Nets here uh, making some noise and sneaking okay. in the last spot. And so possibly with the help of the play-in tournament, I'm imagining. But just some new energy. Um, I really just want Ben Simmons to do well in his own right. And so looking good so far. Okay, we'll see how it goes once the season comes up and we have actual um, games and there's pressures on the line. But um, I think one they're a team that can definitely just make some noise here and be disruptive. And so that's how I see the East playing out at this time from my point of view. Beautiful, beautiful. Cyrus, uh, your eight, or if you have any changes that you would make from Ronald's or such. So I, I do have a little bit of different change. So Boston, Boston, Milwaukee is one and one and two. But again, you can kind of flip flop those. To be totally honest, I mean, it just kind of. I'd agree. Yeah, you can kind of flip flop those. But let's just say, for argument's sake, one is Boston, two is is uh two is two is Milwaukee. Um. What I would say a three is a bit of a surprise. I, I'm going to say Philly at three. The reason I say it is this: Harden has to Harden has to play, and he has to play out in order for him to get to his next spot. I think he's going to play. I think he's going to play up to his up to his potential to get them halfway through the season up into that trade deadline. Then he's gone. But I think that's. Again, that's why I said three because I think they'll be up there at the at the one and two because he'll have to play up there. Then they'll just drop down to three because they'll lose a bunch of games towards the end with the new people, whatever it is. Um, four, I will go with. Four, I will go with the Knicks only just out of default. Oh, just out of default. I'll be honest with you, just out of default because there's there's really. That they have a cohesive unit. That team's been playing together. Tip has been there for a while. You just kind of got to give them the nod. Um, five, five, I five. I think a surprise. I think five of Atlanta will be a surprise. I, I think they just they'll they'll come and play. It's a new it's a new coach, new system. They'll come and play. Um, six six or seven are just about interchangeable. I'm going to say 
I'm going to say is he's going to beat the Bulls or, or Miami right at that six or seven mark. But again, interchangeable. They're both going to play. They're both going to win their games, the games they're supposed to win. But, you know, with Miami losing what they did, I, I you know, not unless they come up with some trade during the middle of the season, I, I don't see it happening. The Bulls are probably going to be around six or seven. Uh, again, the, t- the team is going to win the games they're supposed to win, but I think they still have the viciousies. Uh, signing Vukovic to a bigger deal, I think, hurts them in the sense because I think what they needed was a guy that they could put in the post that can score and that could be a that could get that you give me 20 and 10 consistently without having to struggle. Unfortunately, he's not that guy. Um, again, if you put him next to that guy, I think that'd be great, but I don't think they have that guy yet. Um, and my eighth is a, is a sleeper. I I joked about it earlier, but I really do have a feeling that the Washington is going to make some sort of noise and get in there. Again, like you said, I think that play-in game is where they're going to miraculously, you know, get in on that eighth, you know, get in. But I think they'll get, you know, they'll be one of those teams that get blown out in the first round and just be like, they're just not there yet. Especially with Jordan Poole running the helm. Be different if he, you know, be different if he's off the ball, but him running the helm. I can see him going back to his, you know, uh, going back to his, his, his shell like he normally does it, like he did in the playoffs. So I can see that, knowing he's running the team. I like it. I like it. I like it. So that's, for, only cause, that's only because your Knicks are fourth in both the bars right now. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. I am, like, falling off my chair. It's only out of default. You, you do realize that. You do realize like that. It's only out of default, right? That's only and also, like, we're talking they, about, like, just regular season performance, and that's what we're leaving it at. That's what I'm saying. You, <laughs> yeah, I hey, Ronald, hey, Ronald, I just want to let you know right now, we're going to have to hear this for the rest of the season. You yeah. guys put them forward. You guys put them forward. Yeah. Exactly Honestly, I can't really believe that y'all even did that. But here, so my. We didn't list- have a choice. Have you seen the Have you seen the choices that we have on in the East that did you did well, no, have much to pick from? Yours, Kevin. I want to hear how you. Yeah. Like, so. Top two and three. It's so I have Milwaukee as number one. Um, I just from the first glance, Milwaukee now has two people that can, if necessary, put the team on their back and go. Dame has done it on his own in in Portland. Giannis has been doing it for years in Milwaukee. I think it's a dynamic that, you know, neither of them have ever had to face before. Like it could just be, hey, I'm all having an off night. Do your thing. You're have I'm ha- you're I'm having a good night. Let me do my thing. So I put Milwaukee number one. It's a slight number one. Uh, so I go Boston number two. I went Cleveland number three. I think I like the dynamic of. Evan Mobley, Donovan Mitchell, um, Darius Garland. I like the talent they have there. They, they, you know, they they faced my Knicks last year, and they're dogs, they, man. They're yeah, dogs up in Cleveland. Yeah, you know, I there a lot of people aren't really talking about them as much, but I think they can have the possibility of if they can stay healthy with everybody healthy. You know, remember the first part of the year they didn't have Rubio with them because he was hurt from the previous year before. So I think Cleveland has a chance to really take that next step. Not not just real quickly, just to say this, right? The reason that I didn't put Cleveland in that top eight was because I think this is the year that they just, they have people, people have caught, caught on to what they've done. And I think injuries are going to catch on because they did have a lot of, they did have a lot of injuries. And 
but Donovan Mitchell is an injury prone player. So is Garland, and so is a couple of other players. I, I think they just people are going to people caught on, and it's just yeah, going to be one of those years. And they're going to have a tougher they're going to have a tougher schedule this year because last year they had a they had a they had a they had a, they had a really easy schedule. So this year going to have a tougher schedule. Yeah. So just by looking at the roster as is, I mean, again, we don't know what this team is going to happen or what they're going to do with it, but I put Philly fourth (laughs) and I put my Knicks fifth reason being is I know Joel Embiid has been a pain in the Knicks. It's been, he's been one of the key reasons the Knicks haven't been able to stop them. If he's on a roll dominating the paint, we don't have a guy that can stop him. So that's kind of the slight edge I gave over my New York Knicks, which breaks my heart. But, you know, try to have an unbiased opinion here. So following my Knicks, I'm going Miami. Um, Again, like Ronald mentioned, they didn't do much. But, you know, you have a dog, a Jimmy Butler on your team. You know, if you have somebody like that, you're going to fight like hell to do whatever you can. So I see Miami. And then this one, I have Cyrus's Chicago Bulls in seven. Because I've always been a fan. I love Vuce. I like Vucevic and I've been a fan of DeMar DeRozan. I think their team just had like just a bad string of losses last year. And I have for this last one between Brooklyn and a sleeper. They might still be a little bit too young. Might be a piece away. Indiana. Indiana. They're young. Mm They're very young. They still got they got some veterans on their team that are solid players. But I also I don't know what Indiana has on their mind. Like I could say that right now, but then in three months, Buddy Hield and Miles Turner might be gone, and that completely. I, I was getting that. yeah, I was getting ready to say that they're going to be they're definitely going to be sellers on the trade market there because they they've been talking about trying to move Turner Hield. What's what's uh. They got two other guys. They got two other guys that don't start. They're talking about trying to trying to get rid of two that are, that that plays major minutes with them because they want they want Halliburton. They want Halliburton and a bunch of the other younger guys to get more playing time. So they want to, yeah. So it, sorry, it's, sorry. You, <laughs> I need you to like if you have a chance, just Google the um, Pacers NBA roster on like NBA.com. And so Jalen Smith, uh, number twenty five here, is. Player picture is just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at it right know, now. It's just, it's just something about it that uh... he looks very uncomfortable. <laughs> That's all. That's my interruption there. That's all. Nah, he's fine. All right. So there's our list. Eastern Conference. There, uh, Cyrus, sir. Wait, hold up. Hold up. Isn't former Knicks um Obi Toppin? Obi Toppin. There we go. Yes, is. Obi Toppin is there. I think this is a big year for him. Because he's been in the shadow of Julius Randle. And I think the key, the problem with him in New York is that he's been stunted his growth with Randle playing more than him. And if he's going to explode, the Knicks might regret this trade in a couple of years. But the guy needs playing time, and he's going to get in Indiana. So I'm sad he's gone, but uh, I'm excited <laughs> to see what he's going to do in uh in Indianapolis. But uh, there's our Eastern Conference preview. Cyrus? Yes. Lead us off with the Western Conference, sir. Um, so I I don't think I want to put them in any particular order because I think this the especially this top four is just you can kind of plug them as as you go. Okay. Um, Warriors, Suns, 
Um, Warrior Sons. Sorry, I lost down here. Sorry, I, I wrote notes from trying to remember off the top of my head without looking at a. We got the Warriors up. We have Phoenix. Yeah, and I was I, I wrote it I wrote it down, but I was trying that I was trying to do it off the cuff without <laughs> without looking. Um, the Warriors, Suns, Denver. Okay. I think I think that. I think that there's going to be a surprise, and I think that the Clippers are going to be in there. But again, I think it's going wow. to be one of those. I think it's got. I think it's going to be one of those things, just like I was talking about with Philly. They're going to make a trade somewhere during the middle of the season, so they'll be up there because they played these games with Kawhi and everybody else. But eventually, it's going to happen. They'll just drop back down again because they'll just they'll do that thing that they do and decide to sit everybody. During this playing tournament, they'll get rid of some people, they'll lose some people, and they'll be like top four, but then they'll wind up getting, you know, losing to, you know, some, uh, you know, the fifth, the fifth seed. Um, so that's my top four. I, I said, Mem I think Memphis is going to be five. Mm -hmm. um, Sacramento is going to probably be six or seven. They've gotten better, but I think they're going to be six or seven. They just because they they're still somewhat of a young team. I don't think Dallas is going to make the playoffs. Uh, I think Oklahoma City is going to be the eighth seed. And I believe New Orleans is going to be in the playoffs. I'm just not sure exactly where they fall in at. Just I know they're going I know they're going to be in there someplace because I think Zion is going to be I think Zion is on is on the mission to say to prove to people that he can play 82 games. That's just my opinion. I, I mean I don't know if that's exactly going to happen, but I think that's what he's going to do. So wait, I just want to make sure you got Golden State, Phoenix, Denver, Clippers, Memphis, Sacramento. Who was after your Sacramento? New Orleans. New Orleans, okay. And then I said have... that uh in Oklahoma City is gonna make they're gonna make the AC. Okay. Very interesting. Wow. All right, Ronald, what do you got, sir? Very interesting. I like it, though. I like it. So, again, the magic of that play-in tournament just really throws things off with the uh, seventh and eighth seed. But um, I think uh, as much talk from the Kings last season. I'm sorry. I'm, like, starting from the bottom here. You know, I'm going to just you know, I'm gonna go from the top. Sorry. Not putting yeah. not putting Sacramento. <laughs> <laughs> just to be clear. Um, so, Phoenix, uh, just pure, pure offense. I don't think they're beating anybody on defense here, but really hard to uh, beat someone when they're just making it rain on you from all over with um, that big three there. Uh, Denver. Um, and so, the Joker, man, like, just a very special talent. I don't think they did much to really help their roster on all this offseason, but... Um, just too good of a team all around there to put them down. Also, got the same uh, company that I work for. Their headquarters is in Denver, Colorado. And so a lot of Nuggets fans, in particular one guy, my man Cam here, who um, likes to run his mouth. And so as we're talking about the trades and the more recent one with Porzingis being fresh and um, uh, Drew Holiday, first thing he says, first thing he says to me, still don't have our answer for Jokic. Like, I, I know. I know. We'll deal with that when we deal with that. And so that's just a bit of the talk here that I get from um, these Nuggets fans in general. Uh, 
Lakers very much surprised me last season with how they were able to piece everything together and finish strong here. So I think they'll finish strong at the top. I, again, don't think they'll make a playoff push here, and we'll see how old man LeBron just holds up throughout the season. But I think for me, that's where it's kind of just starts to can kind of pick and choose, switch out some teams here. Clippers, I have them at – I have them <laughs> – so I, originally, I have them at four, and I have them at seven. That needs to be changed there. But that's how I felt about them, and I think, honestly, it's because of the pieces, if they can actually play throughout the season and get that momentum, get that consistency here to actually compete. Because if that's the case, and with a couple of trades here to help improve some of that roster depth, um, especially with the bigs, I'd say um, more athletic ones, then that can really solidify them here in the middle of the West there that's already pretty talented in general. But um, we'll see how that plays out here, especially if Kawhi just chooses not to play. Um, <laughs> number five, so this is where my faith in um, the Thunder start to show. Again, Chet returning. They added some veterans here to the roster. Oladipo's there. Um, another guy that I'm like blanking on his name here. So I think they're really going to build on um, last season and make a strong push um, and just at the very least make some noise here in the West there. Um, and so at, that leaves me here at number eight. No, excuse me. At number six, Warriors. And so another team where I don't really know what to expect from them as a whole here, but with Steph Curry... And just that veteran leadership. They know how to, they know what they need to do, but I think it's going to be a matter of pacing themselves here, especially if they, um, as they figure out what to do with their roster. And Clay, who I believe um, it's his last year in, um, in Golden State, is it not? And I don't know. Yeah, if, he's uh, free agent this year. And I don't know if there's any conversations about um, bringing him back there. So who knows if a move gets made? Um, they, they said, they said they were, they said the talks are stalled. They were talking, but the talks are stalled. Talks so. are stalled. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. I mean, uh, the Dame Lillard talks talks for stalled for a while, the next and then all of a sudden we woke up and then chaos. he's in Milwaukee. It's like good God, and so I, you know, no, we'll leave that alone for right now. So um, that's who I have at number six. Um, number seven, actually, this is where I do think um, the playing tournament helps Dallas out, and they'll get in there. And at number eight, the Kings, as scrappy as they are, again, just young, fighting, but I think they're too young and not be able to compete here with the bigger names in the Western Conference. And so the West was a little, little tougher to for me to sort out here. Um, oh, so yeah. I was going through that. Yes. Yeah, that's a, the, the West is the West is just the, the West in the last couple next couple years. Will sort its way out because you'll see some of the older teams start to start to remove, start to move on from other players. So you'll start to see. Yeah, like what's going to happen in Golden State? That's what, like one of the bigger questions that I have about long term here over these next few years is what does Golden State look like? Um, yeah. Team yeah. Here popping up. So yeah, the NBA man, it's crazy. It's it crazy. Is. That's why I remember like when the big three and um, players teaming up, people really thought like Golden State, they'll take over Cleveland and that's all it's going to be in basketball. It's no fun, but it changes like crazy mm-hmm. real quick. And teams have learned to adapt and realize, no, we need to make some moves. We need to make some <laughs> trades here in order to keep up and do something wild. So yeah. the NBA has been, the, the offseason has been crazy these last Well, and they, and they remember, they changed that. They changed that rule around. They put that rule around the CBAs. So right now you can't, you can't hold three max players on your team because that three max players that you you get hit with tax. What was it? The, the luxury tax. The, the, the there's a like another level tax if you if you if you get to that level. There's another level tax that you got to get hit with, and you know then there's like compensation you don't get there. It takes stuff away from you. So they got all kinds of crazy stuff going on. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. So my list is I have Denver up top um, because I just feel like that Denver team is something special with who they got. I know they lost Bruce Brown on the defensive end, but I just feel like, you know, you find a young guy that's willing to defend, you can fill that role easily. And then pretty much I have the entire Pacific Division after. <laughs> so you have Phoenix, Golden State, the Lakers, the Clippers, and Sacramento. I just feel like they were all so good last year that I just still feel like they could all still compete and they're just going to just destroy each other. Like I love, I like what the Lakers did on the little small, they're not major pieces, but like minute pieces that are going to matter, you know, the Clippers, you know, we've been hit a lot of talk that they're going to surprise some people, but you know, they always, like Cyrus said earlier, like they will always end up somewhere that top four or five. And all of a sudden they just lose and collapse. And I expect the same. Um, Sacramento, I'm a huge fan of the Sacramento team, the Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis, the combo that you never thought you ever needed in life, but they are outstanding. And I think they're just going to keep getting better and better as a team. Then I followed my last two. This is really, really tough. Um, I like, I think what's just going to get them in is that grit and grind of Memphis. I have them in at number seven. And then there's always that one team that just surprised everybody. And I went with Ronald. I agreed with him. I'm excited. I think OKC can possibly pull it off with that eight seed. Um, the young guns of OKC, they are absolutely exciting to watch. And I think there will be. And, you know, Shea was great last year, even though, you know, he didn't have too much help. But with everybody coming back healthy, their sky's the limit. So, that's a that is my top for the West. So what I'm actually gonna do is because I think we actually already answered this question. I, I was gonna ask about one team that you guys think is gonna be must watch television. I know uh, I had Oklahoma City, Ronald. I think you mentioned Oklahoma City uh several times. You know, Cyrus, you mentioned the Wizards, and I feel like you guys answered that question already. So I'm going to go ahead and move on to the second portion. And we're going to talk about the NBA GM survey. Did you guys get a chance to take a look at that? Or yeah. Pick it? yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to list. There's different categories. We have players, all-season moves, rookies, and international defense coaches and miscellaneous. So we start with Ronald first. Cyrus, give me yes. a category, and I'm going to give you a question that we will discuss. Um, MVP. That wasn't the one of the categories I said. You, you, you said the NBA GM survey. Yeah, uh, no, I said so. The categories: players, uh, offseason oh, I moves. Got you. My fault. I, I was looking. I was, looking, I was thinking about it the other way. I'm sorry. Okay, what do you got? No, it's hold on. What category? What category? I did so I. I'm confused. You you told me to look at the GM survey. I did. Yeah. So there's they separate into separate categories, which was players, offseason moves, rookies and international, that's, defense, that's the, coaches, right. and miscellaneous. All well, right, pick whatever um, I said, pick one. Okay. Coaches. All right, coaches. All right. We're gonna go down to the coaches. <laughs> uh that's not what he's that's not what he's that's not what he said, Ronald. Okay. All right, so coaches, 
right now, who is the best coach in the NBA? So is this oh so is this like trivia? No, this no, this is just your oh, thoughts. Okay. Just your opinion to doubt, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Go ahead, okay. Cyrus. The best coach in the NBA right now. Uh I I think the best coach in the NBA right now is still Steve Kerr. Just I, I think he I think he's still he's still finding a way to reinvent his team every single year. And he should take whatever you put in there and still make it work with any with 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 the framework of what he's got. Okay, I like that. What about you, Ronald? So actually, I don't really appreciate saying this out loud, but I'll agree with the GMs and Eric Spolstra, uh, being the best coach, because uh, you talk about reinventing, creating, and finding um, ways to make your pieces work here when you don't have a Steph Curry, when you don't have a like big name guy, and so all respects to Jimmy Butler there. But we know he's not um, not KD on that level of pedigree. And so I just think this level of consistency uh, and just those players, how they relate to him, and then his, his defensive calling um, just always shines through. So I got to give him some credit with that. So definitely Eric. I love that. I love that. All right, Ronald, you go ahead. And one of the categories I said, what category would you like me to ask you? All right, so then let's go with um, two, 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 two. Let's go with defense. Defense, yes, sir. Here we go. As we scroll and scroll, defense. What? Who is the most versatile defender in the NBA? Who is answering this? You are. Uh, you are. I am. Okay, I'm picking my category, yeah. and then I'm answering that. And then Cyrus answers it right after. Hmm. Hmm. hmm Man, I guess I feel like I should have just been a GM myself here, but I'd probably uh, go with Giannis. Okay. Uh, and I think that's their top pick choice there. Um Versatile dude, I have to say, against the guards, not as um, not as light on his feet as he can be, but uh, Giannis, just hard to disagree with that. Like, the way he just stretches up and down the floor and gets from anywhere on each side whenever he wants with the length that he has and the strength that he has. and Yeah, just I'm, I'm always go with big man there, Giannis. Okay. Cyrus, what about you, sir? I mean, you can go with either one of these guys, but I think Draymond Green is still versatile. As, as old as he is, <laughs> as, old, as long as he is, he's still he's still a great defender on the perimeter and in the post. And when they go to that, that death lineup, he really does give them he really does give them versatility at that at that at that five where he's able to at least. I'm not gonna say he stops them, but he put he puts them in a position where they aren't they aren't the, they the, they can't take advantage of him. So I that's why I think he you know he helps them out a lot and they can run a lot of their stuff and still get what they want offensively and defensively and still and still make plays. I like that. I like that. So I want to go ahead and ask you guys the. Where did I, I literally just went right past it. I'm going to ask you guys the miscellaneous category. 
Which hmm. team and whoever wants to answer first, which team do you guys think is going to be the most fun to watch this season? Yeah, you go around. You go around first. You go first. All right. Um, I feel like you kind of like already addressed this, especially when you're like the most team. I was getting ready to say watch for like in the TV. So for me, the Thunder. I'm gonna be consistent with that. Unless you want me to come up with a different response, I'll get that. But <laughs> outside of the uh, the electricity of the Thunder, I mean, uh, truly that um that pick and roll game in Milwaukee is gonna be a lot of fun to watch, and so. Um, that'll be second for me there, as much as I hate to admit that, but shoot, Damon Giannis on the court, man, what does that look like? I want to know. Hello, what about you, Cy? Uh, you, you're going to find this very funny, the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> really? <laughs> I do find that funny. The reason I say this is because they're going to get a lot of up and down. With all the young players that they got and, and LaMelo to playing LaMelo playing the way he wants to play, it's gonna be a lot of up and down. There's gonna be a lot of like again, I'm not saying that they're gonna win a lot, but it's just gonna be fun to watch him get up and down the floor, up and down the floor, dunks here, lay I mean, listen, it's gonna be like Mike D'Antoni offense, except <laughs> it's gonna actually make sense. Like it, it, they're just gonna get up and down the floor. Listen, they're they're they are going to make a lot of noise. They're going to be in a lot of games. Are they going to win a lot of them? Probably not. But they'll be in a lot of games. They got guys that can shoot. They got guys that can score. They got guys that are really athletic. I mean, the kid Brand, the kid from Alabama, Brandon Miller, he's just a phenomenal scorer. All that dunk he had the other day. Yeesh. I'm just saying. And mind you, if, if Bridges is allowed to stay on that team for whatever reason after his stupidity, um, I that that guy is talented as hell, and he's just yeah, a matchup yeah. problem for a lot of people. So I I could just like I said, will they win a lot of games? Probably not. Will they be in a lot of games? Yes. Will it be exciting to see them run up and down the floor? Yeah, but they ain't gonna win a lot. <laughs> it's just that's the way it's gonna it's gonna work out. So, for me, I'll answer this question. I'm excited to see the second year of this Sacramento Kings team. I thought they were super exciting to watch last year. Um, but so I just want to see their dynamic. Like I said, I'm a, you guys know I'm a big fan of DeMontis Sabonis just because his dad was Arvidas, and I love Ar- watching Arvidas Sabonis when he was playing. And Darren Fox is that dude, you know, finally winning. So I'm really happy that they're making something out of him, and he's and they're making it happen in Sacramento. All right, we got a couple let, more let, categories. Let me ask a question real quick before we go ahead. move on. Go ahead. Do you think if Sacramento doesn't win this year, do you think they make moves by say next next year by the by the by the by the trade deadline? I would say, depending on how their season's going, like if they're if they're trending like how they like if they started, say they're trending the way they started last year, mm-hmm. and then like they just don't like have enough to win it. I think they would probably need to make a suggestion on seeing if they could add like a third person to pair with those two. Um, cause I think, you know, cause with the, you know, they, they run that high powered offense from, from Mike Brown running up and down, you know, Malik Monk was putting up numbers for them where like, shout out to him. Cause I almost forgot about Malik Monk until they traded him to Sacramento. So I think it, it I think it's just really going to depend on how they finish and how they're, record is going but if they lose again next year then probably they would have to determine 
to see if they can fit a third star there. But, you know, they're, they're so young, though. You know, like they have that rookie from last year, Keegan Murray, who I thought would have been rookie of the year last year, but he didn't. Um, you know, they got a lot of special young guys that it's just a lot of untapped potential that unless we just have to see what happens over time. And like, we're um, if we're talking about fun teams here, I don't think we should sleep on the Trailblazers even after they move, made a move away from um, Dame because as much as they got in that, good God. And so I think that's going to be a scrappy team. Yeah, that that, that, team, of... that team's that team's yeah that that's another team right there. It's going to be a lot of it's going to be a lot of this, and there, it, it won't be it. The ball will go up. They'll be back. Ball because Chauncey Chauncey doesn't like the Chauncey just lets likes to let it fly. His offensive, yeah. he likes to let him fly and let him play, and he so. I can yeah. see that. Yeah, I can agree with that. Cool. All right, we got like I think one or two more categories of this uh, survey. Um, so you, it's funny you mentioned Trailblazers, and they have an amazing rookie on their team. It's Scoot Henderson, uh, who I think it was Ronald that answered first last time. So we're going side. Mm. Which rookie will be the best player in five years? Mm-hmm. Oof. Um, I know that's exactly what I said when I asked this question. Um, I, honestly, here's the deal. I I, I would say I, I'm going to say the kid from Alabama. I I don't want I because I I think Scoop Scoop went away for two years to went to went to go and play to find himself. The kid Brandon Miller is coming in after playing a year. And he knows what his game is. He can only go higher than what it is now. I think he'll be a better player five years from now because I think he'll realize his potential and continue to go forward. I, I don't. I think the rest of the guys will do the same, but because the focal point is always on them, and like they'll, like they'll, they'll have games definitely just to watch Scoot Henderson play on on. The, you know what I mean? So what I'm saying, I guess, is that he'll. He, Brandon Miller's games are not going to be televised na- nationwide. Not on a consistent basis. He'll get a couple games in ESPN here and there, a couple games in TNT, the rookie game, but he won't get anything like you know game of the week on Sunday stuff like that. I I can see him. I can see him being the better player out of five years, just because just pure consistency and and how his game is. I like it, Ron. What do you think? It's good. Yo, <laughs> I I'm with you on that. I I. Scoot is special, you know. If everyone keeps talking about Victor here, I'm like Scoot though. Dog. Yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 that's I, I, and that you know why I'm torn between him between Miller and Scoot is because Scoot is a pure player. You can see it; he's just a pure player. But mm-hmm. when you put him, I, I guess when you put him on, when you put him under pressure, what can he do? I, I don't, I, I just don't see. I just. Don't it, the inconsistency is where I have a problem at. Okay, okay. Scooch's man, he's just made out of stone dog, not like real talk. Because yeah. you talk about like just the skills and whatnot, but the intangibles and that guy that he has a mindset. He's the one who, when he was fifteen, had the mindset of like a twenty or twenty five year old, and so he's grown for his age. He plays like sure. a, his all around game. I think it's going to complement. It's what uh, Trailblazers need, and I think that right there is just going to transcend and translate well over the years here. Yeah, I agree. You know, we you know it's a it's a guards game, so Scoot. I think you know he's just gonna continue to be one of those great guards that we have in the NBA. And 
I would have to make sure I go find me a double zero jersey to wear because who <laughs> uh, could be my Portland Trailblazer representative. Um, but Ron, I'm gonna end this GM portion with you, and this is gonna be a tough one. Which player is most likely to have a breakout season in 2023-24? Hmm. It's a good one. It is a good one. And so, actually, might be a surprise pick here for me, but um, Paolo Banchero um, in, out in Orlando. And I just, like, first of all, ain't no reason to look down at Orlando other than the young talent there, but Paolo there brings a lot of it. And so, I think he's just a pure basketball player and just can play the game. And so, Especially with a young team there where they may not be getting a lot of attention and noise, may not be a lot of pressure, just let him play his game. And so I think he'll really show out there and he'll have the opportunity to do so. And I I just love his game all around here, especially for his size there. So that would be my pick, personally. And I love again, it. Small, mar- small market in Orlando, I think, will allow him to just, just play his Lurch. game. Cyrus, what about you, man? I'm, 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 actually, I'm actually agreeing with Ronald here. And just okay. to me, and just to make it all fair, he is a dookie. So I mean, um, <laughs> just saying. Um, but yeah, I. But th- again, it goes back to that same thing I was talking about with with Brandon Miller. Like again, as you see, a small market team not not being shown a lot on, on national television can just go and do his thing. He doesn't have to worry about the pressure of you know being shown on a Thursday night on TNT, and you know it, he could just go play. And, you know, just let his game flourish and he can learn off of that. Like I said, with the young enough team it is, yeah, he's definitely, yeah, definitely there. There you go. For me, there are two guys that stick out when we talk about breakout seasons. One of them had it when he was traded uh, during the midseason. I'm going with McCall Bridges from Brooklyn. I think he can have a breakout where he's going to show that he's he can be an all-star. Maybe I'm just being a sucker for, you know, cheering on the local talent. But I really think, you know, they when they made the playoffs last year and he was, you know, he was helping them put up a fight, wasn't enough. But, you know, now that he's going to have a full season as the probably the guy in Brooklyn, I'm excited to see what he can do. And I think he could possibly get himself into maybe an all-star bid. Um, one other person that it's funny, I thought, Cyrus, you would have – mentioned this gentleman because you mentioned him earlier mr zion williamson you talked about that he wants to prove to you know to the haters out there that he's gonna come out this season and not be so freaky but you know i i think i think that he would be one to watch as well he he will be he will be i I, again understand understanding understanding that that he is one of those guys that gets injury prone. I don't know. Again, if he gets through sixty-five games, it'll be a blessing. I, I think he. I think he's a player. He puts me in the mind of a player that plays about sixty-five to seventy games a season. You either going to rest him or he's going to have a couple of like you know sprained ankles, hamstring issues, whatever it may be. I, I think that's the way he's built because he just doesn't understand his body the way it is right now. He's going to have the Charles Barkley syndrome. He's just going to put on the weight, and then he's going to, have to learn how to lose the weight again and again and again. 
I love it. I love it. You got me with a freaky comment, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we're going to make wrap it up because we've we've been going for a while. And I'm getting, you know, Andrew Merritt, you asked for the content. We're giving you the content. So, you know, Andrew. Honestly, this is not this is not a two parter. This is not because we started recording at almost 750. So this is not a two parter. I well, Andrew might want to make it a two parter if he wants to. But hey, shout out to Andrew out here. But here, let's we've talked about a lot nitty gritty. Uh end of it all, who wins the East? Who's coming out of the East, guys? What, what, what do you expect me to say, Kevin? All right, I'll, I will <laughs> I will type in Celtics. Si- all right, Cyrus. Uh, um You're going with the Celtics uh, too, aren't you? No, I'm, I'm going I'm going to go with the Bucks. Um, okay. Just, I'm going to go with the Bucks. I think I think the team that they have now is just I think the team it's a full team now. Now, if they could just put it all together, uh, that's relevant to be seen. But I think that I think that team is a full team. Okay. Uh, for me, I am a believer of Dame Dalla and Giannis. I am also going with the Bucks for the East. Cyrus, at the end of it all, who's winning the West? Denver's going back to the finals again. <laughs> Denver? Okay. Denver? Denver. Denver, Denver, yeah, yeah, Denver. You're going Denver. No one has an answer for the Joker. No, no. there's none. No. And and, and mo- they they've got they've got what was it? Fifteen players on the team, right? Am I saying right? Fifteen players on the team, right? Fifteen. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, twelve active and three guys on like you know. The right. Bench. So they got they got eight of their eight of their twelve guys that they had on the team coming back. There's no. <laughs> I mean. Uh, You know, not unless they broke that team up. There's no way in the world that that team isn't at least going back to the finals. Okay. All right. You know, I do love Denver. I was trying to think if I could just be a dick and just, like, say something (laughs) ridiculous. I mean, it is, it is, half of it is my podcast. But, you know, just because Ronald's on here, I'm going to go ahead and say, the Lakers. God, Kevin. Jeez, come on, man. The Lakers. Hey, LeBron okay. is coming in 20th season. And, you know, they brought some pieces. A little bit of luck. Anthony Davis just needs to make sure, you know, he doesn't he's not, have he's not, glass he's, he's ankles. Playing, he's playing 50 games. You realize that. He's going to play 50 games. He's not even going to make it 65. He's going to play 50 games. 50 games, and then, then he'll have energy for the playoffs. Hey. But you know what, you guys are right. You know, I mean, Denver is just really what it is. I I don't need to like really stir the pot up here. It 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 it's it, the West <laughs> goes through the the West goes through the West really goes through Denver. I just you know I just like the this is this is an, this is another one of your Tim Tebow takes, dude. What, no, what you, do not what hate is? on Tebow. Hey, I wore his jersey. Bro, did you see that game? episode? Did you see and that episode will, with the Tim Tebow won. take? Oh when my God, Ronald. Did see that episode of Tim Tebow take Ronald? Your thoughts on the Tim Tebow take? Uh, Kevin, um, I'm not. You're gonna stand alone on that one. Here yourself, there. Uh, <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just leave it at that for you. I love you, Kev. I, Kev, I really do love you. I I just don't understand how you would. I mean, LeBron. As much as I love LeBron, and again, Merritt, I know you're gonna watch this. I'm sorry. I'm not saying that LeBron is like the greatest thing since like, but. 
There's there's no way in the world that that man could carry that team and that load for 82 games without. I know. AD, AD has to do something. The, yeah. Those guys that they got, the great complimentary players, but that team is built on him and AD. And if AD plays only 50 games, you're talking about them being at least in the, the fourth and below seed. Yeah. That's an uphill climb. And he has to do a lot of work just to get back to the conference finals. I know. And LeBron can just, do it. LeBron can do it, but he does not need a grind at this point in his career. Not no, no. I, I, I agree. I agree. That's my point. He can't grind. There's no need in him grinding. Yeah, and it's, it's going to happen. And yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. And and with all that being <laughs> said, so pretty much, uh, it looks like I have Denver Bucks. Cyrus has Denver Bucks. Ronald has Denver Celtics. Who's winning defense. it all, guys? Defense, man. I think Milwaukee loses something on defense. Okay. So, so what, what? who are you saying is taking it all around? You're going your Celtics? Oh, God. Um... <sighs> yeah, you, you know you want to. I, I know I want to, but... I feel like... it in your power. <laughs> <laughs> am I gonna be that guy? Am I gonna be that guy? You are. Yo, I, I, I genu- you're gonna I be a clip. You're gonna be a clip. I've said it a couple times. There is no answer for the Joker, and I don't have one. So until there one comes to mind, I'm actually gonna go with Denver here for the repeat. Then, okay. um, you might, you know, I don't want to say that, but as of now, as it stands now, okay, Cyrus, I'm going to say the same. I mean, right now, until they, until you can find an answer for. Between Porter, <laughs> between Porter, the versatility of Porter scoring, uh, Murray's 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 shooting, and, and the just the way the offense is ran, like they they have a point guardless offense as much as just they see being more running the ball. It's a point guardless offense. They don't have a true point guard, so there's no way for you to naturally finish. Then they got the kid the kid Brown from. That played last year that is a stud. Um Braun. Yeah, Braun. Um, they have like two or three other guys on the bench. They got rid of Bones Highland, which is which is as much as they needed him, it was good to get rid of him because you couldn't have two guys that couldn't play defense on on, on the floor at the same time. So that clearly helped them out as an upgrade. I'm I mean, they just they have a lot of they have they have they can morph into whatever you want. They could do a run, they can run up and down the floor. They can they can slow it down, they can methodically beat you, or they can just outshoot you. It's just that tough. So okay. yeah, I mean, you guys make a lot of great points. You know, Jokic is such a stud. He is like literally a joker. Like, who can stop the Joker? It's out of control. He's just dancing around Serbia, living life. He gets to go home. It's like he. It's like he doesn't even care when he plays ball, which I think is hilarious. Um, but I'm not gonna lie. Like I really do love that combo of Dame and Giannis. I just again, I don't know if it's that. Is that gonna be enough? Are they gonna add somebody else to the pieces? Do I am I gonna go with Giannis and Dame like that? But I also look at it as like a lot of the times if you think about really good teams. 90% of the time, they don't do it in that first season. So maybe they go to the, the conference championship, lose to this Denver team, 
one year and then maybe take it the next. Um, I think I'll probably have to go with that. I think it's going to be a seven-game series with those two. And I just think the experience that the Nuggets have gone through laying waste through people, I think that's what probably would end up prevailing over Giannis and then a, a Dame who's new to the finals. But, hey, I could be wrong. But for right now, I will go with Denver to take it all. I, I will tell you this. If, go ahead, Cyrus. If Milwaukee won, if Milwaukee, the one way Milwaukee could win is this. Now, if they can make a midseason trade to get them another spin score slash defender, they could make a push and probably win it all. But again, I don't know what you would have to give up to get that though. Because that's that's only that's the only thing holding them back now. You got Chris Middleton, but again, we don't know what it would but I don't know if he's really coming back like 100% healthy or is he just there? I don't know. Um, you got Giannis and, 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 Dame, and, and Dame Dollar there already. So, again, you got three potential pieces. Right now, you're averaging, put those pieces together, averaging 115, 120 points easy. Defensively is where, like Ronald was saying, where do you get that, where do you get those stops at? So you still need to find it. When you had Grayson Allen and a couple of other guys, you can get those stops. You can hold teams under 100 or near 100. Now you just be the point of can you get – can you bring back another guy like that or a, a, a set of guys like that to fix that, to, to rotate that back again for, for when, you know, you need to – especially during the playoffs because everything in the playoffs slows down. Regular season, it really doesn't matter. Just, you know, just kind of run up and down, do what you got to do postseason everything slows down so you need to be able to have those guys in order to you know solidify those rotations tying up too yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so but yeah i i mean again if they could find a guy like if find a couple pieces like that toward you know towards the middle of that middle of the season towards the trade deadline i I could see them winning that i could see them winning beautiful guys That's all I had. Is there anything that I missed that you guys can think of or you have any final statements? Mm. No, I will say shout out to (laughs) my wife. You might have to help me with this one. We've been two hours away with our 16-month-old putting him to bed. I could hear in the background that it wasn't too easy, and so now it sounds quiet. So love her to death. I'm sure I'm going to hear about this tomorrow, but that's (laughs) always worth it. I got your back, Ronald. I got your back, man. (laughs) Appreciate it. Cyrus, any last words or anything that I missed? Please stop doing these damn Tim Tebow <laughs> takes, please. Just stop. You need to stop. You, you this is yes, this is part of your podcast. Please stop. Just please, just stop. Just, just stop. I know you're doing this quickly, but please stop. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. Well, guys, this is the first time that I'm in charge of like actually doing like the whole recording thing for a long time <laughs> um hopefully i did okay but uh so it is outro time so again i want to thank ronald and cyrus for their time uh you guys are amazing got number of love for you guys Anything socials it. do you gotta want to share for if the people want to follow you or find you uh, I'm an old man on social media. He ain't gonna find me. I, if anything, I purposely keep my <laughs> so, don't worry what, about me. What about you, Cyrus? 
Uh, I'm on Instagram. Uh, I totally forgot what that is. Um, <laughs> I'm on Instagram. If you look for Cyrus Johnson, I'm there. Um, I'm on Twitter, CK Johnson. Uh, and that's about it. Okay. I'm going to be so, posting on, on Instagram anytime soon again. I've just been falling off. I need to get back on my grind as far as putting posting up some stuff. But yeah, yeah. your 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 weight loss, sir. I wanted to give you a shout out, man. You out here crushing it, yo. You do I I am down to 191 pounds now from yeah. 210. Yo, oh, congrats, so you a star. Thanks. Yeah, I, I actually just recently hit like the 220 mark when I started my gym. I was at pushing 240 in January, and I hit the 220 there you mark go. yesterday. I, I, I literally had yeah, I literally had to get on and get off the scale like three times to make sure like I wasn't like freaking out. But yeah, so we're out here. We're trying. Shout out to my people at the Alpha Fit Club that are pushing me. I appreciate you. Um, yeah, so that's what it is. But now, guys, it is outro time. So first off, if you are watching this on the YouTube, make sure you give us a comment. Cyrus gives us so many comments. Please, we need more people to comment. Ronald, if you have a YouTube, give us some comments because I need more comments on the page. Or even a like. We'll take one of those. Uh, you can watch us at the Million Musings podcast YouTube page. If you don't have time to watch anything and you just want to listen to us, you know, we are a snackable podcast that you can put on on your lunch break. Go ahead and find us on all streaming platforms. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. We are on Amazon Play. We are on Google Play. Uh, you can follow me at kquava 624 on the Instagram. You can follow Merritt and him uh, watching cows and singing country roads at weddings at his Instagram at Merit underscore P. You can follow the podcast Instagram at the Manly Musings Pod. And just remember, y'all, take care, spike your hair. Good night.